0: What's going on everybody just wanted to give a quick little update for those that don't know i know for everybody who's been following me on soundcloud my videos or my um my audio episodes have kind of dipped a little bit lately and that's because i'm making a big transition over to youtube i've been very dedicated to my youtube channel All of my movie news episodes, my top five rundowns, my movie reviews, video game reviews, loading screen. Everything that I do on here is now on my YouTube channel. And I've been trying to keep up with posting the audio version of those shows as well on here. But it's a little bit slower with all the work it takes to get onto YouTube. But for those of you who are listening to me, please go to YouTube. and I don't have like a dedicated YouTube channel URL that's easy to name off. But if you just search Cody Leach... I should be the first if not the second person on there, you'll see my face, it's a little blue circle with my head on it. Or you could just search one of these episodes with the same exact title on here, like Hollywood Highlights Episode 3, um, The Loading Screen, Top 5 Rundown, and you'll find me on there. But everybody please go over to my YouTube channel, please like and subscribe, share my videos. If you subscribe to me over there, you'll get my stuff regularly like you used to get on here. And I'm going to do better to try to get my audio versions for those of you who prefer that version. Updated every Monday and Wednesday and Friday like I do with my YouTube channel But just wanted to make that announcement because I know it doesn't pop up on everybody's phones My links and everything that I post for my YouTube channel. So like I said go to YouTube search Cody Leach I should be the first person on there if not the second and uh, subscribe to me there and you'll get your shows every single week so I do also have the link on my profile page whenever it shows like my my description of my channel and I have all the links and everything you guys can go there as well there should be more than a few ways to click a link there if you'd rather not go and you know search yourself so also check out that but please go over to my youtube channel and subscribe and welcome to the show What's up everybody, welcome back to Hollywood Highlights. So this is my movie news and TV news show. For those of you who are newer to my channel, I do this every single Monday. I go over movie news and TV news within the past week. I also do a trailer talk segment where I go over all the new trailers. And on the first episode of the month, which was my last episode, I go over a flashback segment where I talk about movies that turned 30 years, 20 years, and 10 years old. So today, I'm mostly gonna be focusing on movie and TV news, and I got quite a few new trailers to talk about. So let's get rolling with Hollywood highlights. The one thing I wanted to address first was an article, well, actually, two articles that I read over the weekend that actually kind of irritated me a little bit. There was an announcement that was going around that Mel Gibson was basically walking around bashing superhero movies and bashing Batman v Superman and bashing Marvel and bashing DC and all this craziness and for those that actually read the article past the headline it's really taken out of context and it's really misrepresented because basically what happened they were asking Mel Gibson what he thought of Batman v Superman and his actual quote was it was a piece of shit and most of us would agree you know nobody takes offense to anybody saying that it's piece of shit until you get Mel Gibson on there saying it you know I I'm on record as saying that I like the directors cut the ultimate cut of Batman v Superman it's a much more coherent movie but still even that movie is fractions of what that movie could have been in more capable hands with a better script with a lot better execution Uh, the theatrical cut that we got yeah it was an absolute piece of shit and Mel Gibson's right and he went on to elaborate, they were asking him about like the state of superhero movies and what he think about it. And he kind of had some choice words about what he thinks about the superhero genre. You know, he basically said he wasn't a big fan of it. He thinks heroes don't wear capes. You know, he, he tells a lot of movies, like for the movies that Mel Gibson has directed, he directed Braveheart. You know, he directed Passion of the Christ. He's getting ready to direct, or he, he is directing Hacksaw Ridge, which is getting ready to be released. And these are all real life hero stories. You know, they're war stories, a story of Jesus Christ, stuff like that. So he's much more of a guy who likes real world heroes, not necessarily fantasy, sci-fi, you know, superhero type heroes, which is fine. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. He was not bashing the superhero genre. The biggest complaint that he did have, which he's absolutely right, is that he doesn't understand why a lot of these movies get such massive budgets. You know, if you watch the trailer to Hacksaw Ridge, and you see how phenomenal that movie looks just the special effects the way it's shot that movie looks incredible and he did it on like a 50 million dollar budget your average big budget superhero movie is closer to 200 million so his point is correct why do they get 200 million dollars and they get all this budget to do you know movies that i consider to be half ass made or you know just decent you know this is mel gibson's words not my own and I can make a movie like Hacksaw Ridge with $50 million or whatever he made The Passion of the Christ and Braveheart for. And he's right because a lot of big budget movies nowadays have way too much of a budget. Go up and look how big the budget was for that shitty Point Break remake we got. And then you look at movies like Don't Breathe or Hell or High Water. And you see how small the budgets were for those movies and how what quality they were able to bring to that. If you want to stick to the superhero genre, look what they did with Deadpool. Deadpool had like a $40 million dollar budget and they made money hand over fist. They were made close to $900 million dollars with that movie off a $40 million dollar budget. And that movie didn't look cheaply made. It didn't. The special effects were really good. All the scenes were really well directed. I mean, there was no, you could not see a low budget on that movie. So that's one of the problems with Hollywood where they just decide to shove all every nickel and dime they have into a budget for a movie instead of forcing their movie creators and their directors and their writers and the production team to be creative and stick within a smaller budget and use different ways to stretch that budget out to come up with a quality movie. So. His, his quotes were taken way out of context. He was not bashing the superhero genre. He was just saying that they need to kind of hone in those, those budgets a little bit and see what they can do with that, which I completely agree. And that moves into the other story, which I read this past weekend, which, mind you, is still technically a rumor. But most of the time, these rumors come from somebody who knows what they're talking about. Not always, but most of the time. They don't just come out of thin air. And there is a rumor that MGM is offering Daniel Craig $150 million to star in two more Bond movies. Now, I spoke lightly in my podcast about what my thoughts on Daniel Craig are, and I'll kind of recap that now for those that are just now joining me. Daniel Craig gets kind of hailed as being the best Bond we've ever had by a lot of people. It's usually either Sean Connery or Daniel Craig is the argument and a lot of people nowadays are saying Daniel Craig's the best Bond we've ever had. I don't tend to agree. I think Casino Royale and I think Skyfall are among the best Bond movies we've ever had and I'm not going to argue with anybody that thinks that they are the best Bond movies we've ever had. Both those movies are phenomenal. But then you have Quantum of Solace. Then you have Spectre, which are both horrible, among the worst. Of our Bond movies. So you got a guy who's made four Bond movies, two of them have been great, two of them have been horrible. So a 50% success rate. To me that does not equal the best Bond we've ever had. And I tend to think that Daniel Craig, I mean he's come out ever since Spectre, which I absolutely hated and he, come out, he came out in a lot of interviews and was talking about how much he hates this franchise and he hates playing Bond and he's so sick of playing Bond and you know he had a few reports that were a little bit lighter than that after Skyfall came out so this isn't new and saying he even said that he would slit his wrists before playing James Bond again and nothing pisses me off more and makes me lose respect for an actor faster than an actor who totally disrespects the role that made his career and make no make no mistake James Bond made Daniel Craig's career. Before Casino Royale, nobody knew who the fuck that guy was. Nobody cared. Even after he's gotten a lot of fame from playing James Bond, nobody's beaten down the door to go see Daniel Craig movies. You got Cowboys vs. Aliens. Failure. You've got Dream Room or Dream House, whatever that movie was called. Failure. And even though I love this movie, you got that remake to the girl from the dra- or with the dragon tattoo. Failure nobody's interested in seeing Daniel Craig when he's not wearing a tuxedo so his ego needs to be reined in a little bit it's not like he's making money hand over fist and he's this huge star and James Bond's just holding him back that's your career is James Bond now with the amount of bitching and the amount of complaining and the amount of trashing that he's done and just how how bad he did in Spectre you could just tell in that movie he did not give a fuck he did not want to be there The director didn't want to be there either. The writer probably didn't want to be there because that movie was garbage. But if he doesn't want to be Bond, let him move on and do something else and get a new Bond. We've been talking about new Bonds for months now. You've had a lot of rumors circling Idris Elba. You've had a lot of rumors um, circling Tom Hiddleston. Both would be fantastic choices and I'm sure there's plenty of other actors out there that nobody's even considering that would kill it as Bond you know whenever Pierce Brosnan hung up the tuxedo nobody was looking at Daniel Craig saying that's your new Bond in fact until the movie actually came out everybody was pissed that he was Bond just because he had blonde hair until the movie came out then everybody shut up so they need to reboot this they need to do it with somebody else if they want to continue the storyline and have you know Ray Fiennes and everybody play M and have a lot of the same stars that they've already established in this new Bond universe then fine but Do not force this guy to come back if he does not want to, and do not pay that motherfucker $150 million to come back for two more movies. That is absolutely asinine. Ridiculous. I just got done talking about how stupid budgets are, and you're going to spend $150 million. That's almost five times what most movies get for their entire production budget just to secure one actor. Like, Bond can't go on without Daniel Craig. Like, there was no other Bond before Daniel Craig, and there will never be one without Daniel Craig. So... One man's opinion, they need to move on and quit blowing smoke up this guy's ass if this rumor is in fact true. Now, for Daniel Craig, if you're watching this, like I said, I respect you as an actor. I think you're a very good actor, and I do think that your two out of your four movies are phenomenal. The other two, not so much. But, coming from a fan, you need to chill the fuck out, put the razor down, check your ego at the door, shake up that martini, and get the fuck back to work. Now, moving on from that. Carry on, my wayward sons. Supernatural is eyeing its 300th episode as a possible benchmark for its series finale. So, for those of you who have been following Supernatural, this is a CW show. It started out on uh, WB, I believe. This show is one of my favorite shows of all time. I've been following it since the beginning. I am behind because a lot of other shows kind of took my focus over the past year, so I'm actually behind, I'm two seasons behind. And uh, I have them on Blu-ray, I will get caught up eventually, but Supernatural is a phenomenal show. A lot of people give it shit post season five. Season one through five was like, you know, one showrunner, it was one finite story from beginning to end, with just a few threads left open in case they wanted to continue on. And obviously since they're getting ready to start their 12th season, the (laughs) yeah, it continued on. So Post season 5 gets a little bit of shit, but really with the exception of season 7, all the seasons since season 5 have been really solid, especially these ones lately. So Supernatural's not hasn't been going anywhere, its ratings have still been really good, it's obviously the longest running show on CW, and it's just a phenomenal show. It's entertaining, it's fun, I do. it's very hard to get caught up on now if you have never seen Supernatural because they have 22 to 24 episode seasons except for season 3 and those shows that have those long 22 24 episode seasons are hard to get caught up on because that's 24 episodes times 12 seasons that's a lot of fucking time but if you can get into it it is on netflix the whole series up until the most recent season it's a phenomenal show and they've been talking for probably the past three or four seasons every time it's about to be renewed Everybody starts asking, when are you guys going to end the show? Is there an end in sight? Are you guys giving up anytime soon? Are we going to keep getting more supernatural? And until recently, they've always just been, hey, as long as they keep giving us seasons, we'll keep giving you guys seasons. And now they've come out saying, okay, you got the three hundred episode coming up, which will be halfway through their 14th season. So they're getting ready to air season 12. Then that would give them an additional full length season. And if they in fact do stick to the 300 benchmark and not 312 or 313, Halfway through their fourteenth season, so they'd be like a shorter season. They would end the show, and honestly, I'm fine with that. You know, I love Supernatural. I think the writing has been really tight for the most part. I think that a lot of the um, the chemistry between the two brothers is the heart of the show, and they haven't lost a drop of that since the beginning of the show. They're still engaging on the show, and you still love watching them. Uh, but you know. 13, 14 fourteen seasons—that's a good ass run for a TV show. And I would much rather—I'm much more on the ballpark or on the team of end the show while it's on its high point or while it's on a you know a high plane. End it good, and have a good legacy. Don't just run it into the ground until you have two or three seasons that are, have negative reviews, and then you just decide to cut a season off. You know, we get. A cliffhanger at the end of season 14 and then they cancel the show and then you never know what happens. I can't stand when shows do that. So if they can eye the 300th episode or at least season 14 as their series finale and they can write the next two seasons with that end in mind, I think that would be good for the show. I'm still holding strong. I really hope John Winchester comes back. You know, you guys know I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan and I love that character in the first season and I've been waiting for him to come back either as a villain like a demon possesses him or he comes back to help them defeat an even bigger enemy towards the end of the series. I just hope he comes back. But anyway, for those of you Supernatural fans out there, it looks like we got an end in sight. So, we'll have to see what they do with that. Billy Crudup is in talks to play Barry Allen's father in the Flash movie. Now, I've been talking about the Flash movie a little bit on my podcast. You know, me and my buddy Anthony have the Alter Ego show where we talk all things comic books. We discuss the Flash movie quite a bit in both of those episodes. And we're really curious what they're going to be doing to differ this movie from the CW show because everybody loves the Flash TV show. And aside from just taking the easy route and making the movie dark, I'm curious what differences they're going to try to have. And one of the things that I'm curious of as well is like if Billy Credup's going to play the father of Barry Allen, what version of his father is he going to play? Because that character has a lot of different iterations in the comic books. You know, we see the one in the TV show who is accused of killing Barry Allen's mother and his basically, Barry Allen's driving force through that show, at least in the beginning, is to get his father's name cleared. So, are they going to retread that storyline in the movie? Is he just going to be a father figure and there's none of that murder drama or anything? I don't know. We'll have to find out. But I love Billy Crudup as an actor. Everything that he's in that I've seen over the past few years, like the Stanford um, prison Experiment, I'm pretty sure that's what the name of the movie was. Rudderless, which is one of the most underrated movies of last year or two years ago. He does a fantastic job. So he, it never hurts to add good actors to your movie. So I'm excited about that. So keep your eye out for Billy Crudup in The Flash. Sticking to the superhero genre, I talked previously about how Deathstroke was being teased by Ben Affleck in that little um, video clip that he put on his Twitter and his Instagram page. And now we have it confirmed. Joe Manganiello, who we all know from movies like Sabotage and the Magic Mike movies, and I think he was on True Blood. He has been confirmed to be starring as Slade Wilson, other known as Deathstroke. And he will be the main villain of the solo Batman movie directed, written, and starring Ben Affleck whenever he gets that off the ground still rumors here and there of whether or not he's gonna have like a teaser stinger or a small scene in justice league a teaser stinger i'm fine with like a post-credit scene i don't want them shoving anything more into justice league they got enough to worry about with that movie but i like this casting you know i haven't seen a ton from this guy but the movies i have seen him in he's good he's he's built he's a physical presence and one of the things that i like what i said about deathstroke is he's a villain that can actually fight Batman you can get a lot of good fight scenes with Batman and Deathstroke for those that have played the Arkham Origins game You've seen like the way that that boss fight was and I want to see a live-action version of that Manganiello has the build to bring that character to life You know, I love what Manu Bennett did on Arrow season 2 This guy has a lot of similar features to Manu and I think he could do a good job So looking forward to seeing that Also, we've got confirmed for a villain for the Wolverine movie, which is still untitled very strange that they're kind of keeping this movie very under wraps. It's coming out in March. Um, The villain of the Wolverine 3, which is going to be the final movie starring Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman, is revealed to be Mr. Sinister. Now, I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about Mr. Sinister. The most that I know about this character is what I saw in the Deadpool video game, which is just kind of for laughs. But um, I know... From a lot of what I've read, he's up there with Apocalypse as like the most powerful and the most famous X-Men villains. I know a little bit about his backstory. Um, I'm glad because I like the villain a lot. I like the way he looks. I'm curious to see what they're going to do to bring him to a live-action screen and he would be a cool villain for Wolverine's Last Go. My only concern with this is that villain is very important to a lot of other X-Men lore. You know, Cable, who we're going to get in the eventual Deadpool sequel. You got Cyclops and Jean Grey have a lot of really good story with this villain. And I'm just curious if they're going to have him and kill him off in this one Wolverine movie we're never going to see Mr. Sinister again. And thinking maybe they might be squandering a lot of story opportunities with that villain. You know, I could be wrong, they could just have him in the movie And they'll still have him in the Deadpool movie. They'll still have him in you know the uh, any further X-Men movies that they do That's my only concern with it. The other thing that is kind of Sparking curiosity for me is you know, they've been basically rumored that this movie for I mean They might as well confirm it that this movie is going to be following the old man Logan storyline now For those of us that actually read that comic storyline We know there's no way in hell They're going to stick close to that story because there's so many things in that comic book storyline They can't use they can't use the Hulk and a lot of other characters that show up in that comic like Hawkeye and I'm curious what version of this old man Logan we're gonna get is it gonna have anything to do with old man Logan or is he just gonna look like old man Logan It's gonna have some post-apocalyptic Mad Max flavor to it And they're just gonna call it old man Logan. You know, that's that's my biggest question. Like I said, I'm curious why they're keeping this movie so under wraps like we haven't really gotten anything confirmed from this movie other than the cast and now the villain and the movie's coming out in march which is very strange for a huge tentpole x-men movie that we don't know anything about it so looking forward to wolverine 3 i hope it's going to be good because hugh jackman and patrick stewart need to go out on a high point and it's going to be kind of bittersweet seeing them on the screen for the last time as those characters but looking forward to wolverine 3 whatever it ends up being called like i said look out for it march of next year Kind of sticking with the X-Men theme, Michael Fassbender was interviewed by Entertainment Weekly and he had some surprising comments about a few of his past roles. You know, they had asked him about what his most challenging role was and he name dropped Steve Jobs. He basically said that that role was so difficult to prepare for and so intimidating with Aaron um, Sorkin's script, which he described as formidable, that he was so intimidated by that that he thought he was miscast, he wanted to get out of the movie. He actually asked his driver to slam his door, or his, his arm in the door of his, uh, his limo or his taxi, or whatever he was driving, to get him out of the movie. So that was pretty surprising, but I guess his hard work paid off because he did get an Oscar nomination for that movie. It was really good, and he was also shown some clips of his performance in X Men: Days of Future Past. And he told the interviewer, "Yeah, I don't even like my performance as Magneto." Now it was a little bit, it was a little bit up in the air whether or not he's talking about X Men: Days of Future Past only, or he's talking about all three movies where he's played Magneto. He doesn't like his performance, but he basically said that. I don't like that performance. I feel like I'm just shouting the whole time, which he's not wrong. I mean, Magneto shouts a lot, but it's kind of surprising considering everybody loves Michael Fassbender as Magneto. You know, a lot of people even put him above Ian McKellen in his Magneto performance. So kind of surprising comments. Also makes me curious if he's going to come back for another one, you know, whenever X-Men Apocalypse came out to kind of some lukewarm reaction, everybody was trashing um, Jennifer Lawrence for her performance me included. And I remember reading a lot of articles with like uh, Mac- Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy basically saying that they're only going to come back if they get the whole team back together again, like Jennifer Lawrence, Michael Fassbender, and him. And now that I'm reading, he doesn't even like his performance, and you know, with the ratings and the amount of money that movie made, kind of up in the air. I'm I'm curious if they're going to stick with these actors or if they're going to reboot the universe yet again. And um, you know, it, it might be time for that. You know, I definitely don't want to see Jennifer Lawrence's mystique anymore. If I do, she needs to be a much smaller role, which they're not going to do with Jennifer Lawrence. Um, I love James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender, what they bring to those roles. But now that they're trying to do it, like, every decade with the movies, you know, First Class was in the 60s, Days of Future Past was the 70s, uh, Apocalypse was the 80s, and now they're talking about the next one's going to be in the 90s. The actors aren't aging fast enough to keep up with that timeline. You know what I mean? I mean, James McAvoy was supposed to be portraying a guy in his late 40s in the Apocalypse movie, or the mid-40's and that guy still looks like he's in his 30's and same with Michael Fassbender so they may need to recast those roles because if this is going to be in the 90's then those characters are going to be in their 50's so, might be time for it but like I said, interesting comments from Michael Fassbender jeff nichols the guy who directed midnight special that quiet little sci-fi movie is now set to direct a remake of alien nation now this movie came out in 1988 it's kind of a cult movie i think it had a tv show as well it starred james Kahn and mandy Patinkin, and it basically it had where aliens become part of society and james khan and mandy Patinkin, uh Patinkin playing the alien is like a buddy cop situation and the you know they're they're living in this like post-apocalyptic alien inhabited la I've never seen the movie. I remember seeing pieces of it. I've seen pieces of the TV show, but I've always heard this movie. And it's only a matter of time before somebody tried to do a remake to it, and uh, this might be the guy to do it. I'm just curious what direction they're going to take. You know, I'm always a fan of remakes if it's a movie that's not very well known or not very well received or really underrated. You know, something gives them a reason to remake it and bring it to a new audience instead of taking like a classic movie like Ben-Hur or Nightmare on Elm Street or something like that and saying oh we can do that better you know this is a movie that probably could benefit from a remake James Cameron's given a few plot details on his upcoming four Avatar sequels so for those of you who have not heard uh, James Cameron who made the Avatar movie that was a huge hit back in like 2008 and haven't heard anything about it since he is planning on making Four sequels that is going to be released in succession every single year once he gets the first one out. So, if he gets the first one out in 2018, you get one in 2019, 2020, and 2021. And he's been keeping a lot of the details of this movie kind of under wraps. You know, he keeps pushing back the release date, and pushing back the release date, and pushing back the release date. And he gave, basically gave the plot details saying that this movie is going to be focusing on Jake and Neytiri's family and their children. It's going to be about like a family saga fighting off yet again this human enemy trying to take over Pandora. And it sounds interesting enough. I mean, like I liked Avatar a lot. I had no interest in it when it was in theaters. I had no interest. I was not part of the bandwagon. It wasn't until like a year or two later. I picked up the Blu-ray The extended edition or whatever to finally give it a shot i enjoyed the movie very much yes it's a storyline we've seen plenty of times before but the 3d in that movie you know the special effects everything like that was really good james cameron's an awesome director and if he wants to do four avatar sequels let him if he has that much confidence and that much passion for this project and he thinks he has enough story and enough things to fill out four more sequels that are probably going to be two two and a half hours long each then let him but um, it's taken a long time to get these things off the road. You know, it, it, he's gonna run into problems where by the time he actually gets this thing out, I'm curious if the thing's gonna be financially successful because nobody talks about Avatar anymore. You know, it was a cultural phenomenon when it came out and then within a year or two, it kind of died out and nobody talks about that movie anymore. It's not like, it doesn't have any cultural rev- relevance right now. So I'm curious if, you know, it's supposed to be 2018, but it sounds like he still hasn't gotten the movie off the ground. So I wouldn't be surprised if he pushed it another year. So 2019 you're looking at almost 11 years if not more since the first avatar how many people are clamoring for an avatar sequel so I'm curious you know if he comes out with the, the second one and it's absolutely phenomenal then he's fine but if it comes out and it's just eh, it was okay and then you've already got three uh, four and five in the can you know you're gonna see your box office slump quite a bit so for the amount of budget and the amount of money this guy's about to spend I just hope that he uh, has something up his sleeve that's gonna please everybody alright everybody moving on to trailer talk I got four trailers to talk about this week we've got Underworld Blood Wars now I'm a huge fan of the first two Underworld movies I thought the first one was this awesome gothic mythology that it was it wasn't as well explored as it could have been in that first movie but it was really really cool it was really new and unique to me I know a lot of people aren't huge fans of the first movie I love the first movie the second movie is even better to me you know it, it furthered the mythology it was a lot more action heavy I loved the second one which again a lot of people aren't huge fans of I like the third one a lot the third one's really well made the only thing that holds me back from that one is I knew the whole story of the movie because we're told the entire story of that movie in the first one the fourth one came out which was Underworld Awakening, I believe. And all the reviews I saw for that movie before I went and saw it was, this is the best one, you know, I I didn't like any of the other movies, but I love this one. And I'm thinking, well, shit, if people didn't like the others, but they love this one, this one must be really kick-ass to me. I fucking hated that fourth one. That fourth one was like a video game 90 minute, like a 90 minute video game. Like just there, Michael not being in it was really disappointing, and the whole story you could tell was just them like having an excuse to have Selena on screen. Like if I remember correctly, the storyline was her trying to get Michael back, and at the end of the movie he escapes and you can't even see him. And you know she's like, oh well now I'm gonna, you'll see him in the next movie basically is what she says in that one. And now you see the trailer for this one, and this looks like exactly what I did not like about that fourth one. You know, Michael once again is not in the trailer and there's no mention of him, which is the heart of the Underworld movies is the relationship between this vampire and this werewolf and now they basically turned it into Resident Evil with vampires and werewolves where you have one female kick-ass protagonist and basically you just give her an excuse to shoot shit for 90 minutes and that's your movie. This movie does not look impressive at all to me. I'm, I'm probably going to watch it because I'm a fan of the franchise and I'm hoping that they have something to leave at least fun to watch, but I'm really disappointed with the direction they've taken this series. They have squandered a lot of what they could have done with this series and I think it's time to reboot it, to be honest with you. Give it about five years and reboot it. Next trailer I watched was Collateral Beauty. Now I had not heard of this movie. Uh, I saw Will Smith on it gave it a click and this movie I have mixed feelings about. It Basically tells a story where Will Smith I guess is really down on his luck. He's really depressed He hasn't you know he I think he loses his daughter and so he writes letters every day to time love and something else and One day time love and the third party actually comes to visit him so it kind of reminds me of like the Christmas Carol like Scrooge like it's a wonderful life And this movie it looks like it could be really good but this movie has Oscar bait written all over it you know Will Smith I love that guy I'm not really a big fan of some of the things that he's done behind the scenes that we're starting to hear a lot about the past eight to ten years but this guy is so desperate to get an Oscar that it seems like every other movie that he's in that's not bad boys or some kind of big action blockbuster for the summer He's trying so hard to get an Oscar, and you're trying so hard that it almost it almost annoys me. You know what I mean? He had the movie Seven Pounds, which was total Oscar bait. He had Pursuit of Happiness, which was total Oscar bait. Not taking away from the quality of those movies, because I think they're both very good. Then you had Concussion, which him and his wife lost their shit about because he did not get his Oscar nomination. And now you got this one coming out. And once again, if he doesn't get nominated for this, you're going to hear that same argument that we heard Oscar season again. Will Smith got snubbed. So, it could be really good, but like I said, I had mixed feelings about it. It just looks like a lot of a retread of what we've seen and It's a Wonderful Life and Scrooge and A Christmas Carol. But it could be something special. We'll have to see when the movie comes out. The next trailer, which I have been waiting so long to see, Ben Affleck's Live by Night. Now, he filmed this movie in Brunswick, Georgia, which is about an hour or so north of here. And so I've, I've, I've been waiting for this movie ever since I heard he was doing it because I love Ben Affleck. I love him as a director and as an actor in his later roles now that he's kind of had a resurgence in Hollywood. I think all three of his movies are phenomenal. He's one of my favorite directors working today. And Ben Affleck directing a bootlegger mobster movie has me written all over it. I am a sucker for mobster movies and I was a sucker for this trailer. It looks great. Ben Affleck looks like he's gonna do great as a director and an actor in this once again. I heard a couple people saying that he looks out of place, which I don't really get. You know, he's a a white guy in the bootlegging time and just, I don't know. I don't know why he looked out of place to some people. I thought he looked fantastic. Um, A lot of the shots that they showed in this movie looks like this movie is really well shot, like the cinematography, like showing the streets, whenever everybody's like firing their guns off and you see like the old Model T Fords and the, the old, really old, uh, cars going through the streets and that scene where the guy's falling through the staircase and you're looking from the bottom stairs and like Shots like that make it look like this movie is gonna be damn good and the release date I think is January 13th, which excites me because that's the day after my birthday but also that excites me because that means that they're considering this movie for Oscars because What they'll typically do is they'll release it in limited theaters in December just to make sure that it gets some release in 2016 so it's eligible for the Oscar season and then they'll give a full theater release in January so that's kind of there it's like American Sniper it's kind of like their loophole way of doing that so that excites me that they're that confident in the movie that they're trying to get it ready for Oscar season so live by night looks like it's gonna be fantastic I can't wait to see that movie the last trailer that I saw which again I've never heard of until I saw this trailer was gold now this is a movie with Matthew McConaughey where he's basically playing this guy he looks a lot like Christian um, Bale looked in American Hustle you know he's overweight he's balding he's got fucked up teeth and he's trying to basically convince all these business conglomerates and all these investing firms that they need to give him some money to go off to some spot in the amazon because he knows where he can find gold and he partners up with edgar ramirez and he actually finds gold and you see him kind of start to rise through the ranks of wherever he's at wall street or somewhere and he you know he invests in a company and this movie looks like it's going to be a lot of fun you know, Matthew McConaughey looks like he's going to chew up the scenery. There's a scene where he has to touch a tiger to prove that he's got balls that had me laughing. The movie looks like a cross between, like I've already mentioned American Hustle, it looks like a cross between American Hustle and Blow. So that excites me a lot. I don't know if this movie is going to float under the radar when it comes out. I didn't catch a release date on it. But It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, so I'm looking forward to that. Matthew McConaughey gets my money all the time now. I mean, that guy has made a total resurgence, just like Ben Affleck, whenever he kind of came out with The Lincoln Lawyer. Ever since then, just about everything he's been in has been awesome. So Matthew McConaughey always gets my money, and gold will be getting my money whenever it reaches theaters. Well that does it for this episode of Hollywood Highlights guys, as always please put your comments down below on segments of the show that you like, maybe segments that you think I could do better, some things that you want to see me talk about that maybe I don't get to, put your own comments on the stories that I'm talking about and the trailers down below to give me your opinion so we can kind of get a conversation starting. As always please like, subscribe, and share this video to help me out, I appreciate it very much, and I will see you next week on Monday with another Hollywood Highlights.